Hi everyone, my name is Project Gill and I'm your host from the Aware Panel. The Aware Panel is a weekly podcast which talks about different societal issues ranging from racism, climate change, mental health, homeschooling, businesses and so much more. We believe that society needs to change and with more awareness to these topics, we continue to talk about it. If you want to be a guest on my show, please go to the website www.theawarepanel.com or even DM us on Instagram at theawarepanel. And yes, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to listen to the next 25 episodes of Season 2 and also listen to the 25 episodes on Season 1 as we already had so many amazing people coming on. Today we have Nisreen Ahmed who is the founder and CEO of Harbour Light Coaching. She is a pioneer in the world of grief, loss and change and is committed to providing transformational coaching to clients all around the world. Her coaching is focused on helping clients find peace after a loss, divorce or illness. She supports them in addressing their mindset, overcoming the hurdles of grief and competing what's unfinished. Nisreen lives in New York City with her husband and daughter and enjoys travelling the world with them while working virtually with clients. She currently co-leading weekly virtual heal your grief circles for those who want powerful support to address their griefs. This episode was very interesting because she talked about how grief can make you more resilient and to make you more stronger. So let's just get on with the episode guys. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Aware Panel. Today we have Nisreen who is the founder and CEO of Harbour Lights Coaching, a professional chartered coach and is a pioneer in the world of grief, loss and change. So do you want to introduce yourself in a bit more detail? Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Nasreen, and I am a professional certified life coach and grief coach. And I um, got into grief coaching after the loss of my sister. Uh, she passed away very suddenly at the age of 37, and it turned my whole world upside down. I had no idea how to deal with grief. And um, it's just the shock of it was was so overwhelming that I spent many months just trying to deal with that um, and trying to wrap my head around the fact that I would never be able to talk to her again. And so I started going to support groups and I started um, going to therapy and doing all the things that people tell you you should do when you've gone through a loss. And they were helpful. I won't say they won't, but um, only until up until a certain point. Um, I feel like I would go in and I would talk about my grief and I would talk about my sadness and I talk about missing my sister and then I would go home and I would feel just as bad. Um, and finally, as I was pursuing a new career in life coaching, uh, in the program that I was in, somebody told me about a grief coach that she had just met. And so I, uh, <laughs> I, I, sometimes I say that I immediately jumped up and I was like, tell me all about it. But, um, it, it actually took me a couple months to call her just because the idea of opening up Pandora's box and opening up my grief um, to yet another person felt so overwhelming and exhausting and scary. And I thought that I would be consumed by it. So when I finally did call her, she was amazing. And we worked together. And the work that I did with her was more proactive and more... Um, 
specific about my relationship with my sister. And I really learned how to forgive, you know, forgive myself, forgive my sister for the way things went, um, some of the issues that we had had. And I got to say all the things um, that I never got to say to my sister, you know, all the, all the things that felt unfinished or um, cut off. You know, I had owed, I owed my sister a text before she passed away that I never sent. And there's just tremendous guilt about that. And so I, I really worked through a lot of that with my coach in a way that um, I never found available with my therapist or in the support groups. And so I got so inspired after working with her and I felt so much better that I decided to get trained. So I, I became a, a grief coach about six years ago and I'm so grateful for the work that I get to do and, and um, the way that I get to support other people who've gone through a loss. Oh, definitely. Like, I can understand, like, the grief that you went through with your sister. Do you mind um, us telling me wh- how did she uh, suddenly pass away? So we're not actually 100% sure. Um, the, the autopsy didn't reveal anything that was so significant, um, but it looked like she had some kind of a seizure. So she had um, been starting to experience seizures um, for over a year, and she actually didn't tell very many people. She was really um, concerned about making sure that we were okay and, and you know, making sure the family felt good, but um, she didn't want to scare us with with her condition or, you know, what was developing for her. And so it looked like she had some kind of a seizure. Oh, my God, that's so sad to say because I know, m- like, people are now, like, passing away from, like, stuff like seizures and like hidden heart conditions as well like there's been heart conditions where like people don't even know it existed unless you get a test and those sudden deaths really does hurt someone it's not like it wasn't their fault or anything it just happened suddenly and it's not like it was planned or anything as well which oh I can't believe how what tragedy you went through so yeah so how like with the life coaching um how did you find that easier than like for example therapy because there is a difference between having a life coach versus having a therapist to help you go through something like grief absolutely um you know one of the main differences that i always share with people about coaching is that it's help it's meant to help you move forward it's a very proactive method and it gives you actions right it gives you things to do whereas very often in therapy you find yourself going in every week and talking right so it's it's just one modality of healing and certainly i know many people that um and i'm a big fan of of therapy i don't want to downplay it or downplay the, the importance or usefulness of it um but I know a lot of people um, come to me after they've seen a therapist, right? And they've been in therapy for a while and they feel like they're, after a while, kind of just spinning their wheels. You know, I, I kind of describe it as like swimming laps in a pool. They just feel like they've, you know, built up all the muscles that they need and they have learned how to swim really well, but they haven't gotten anywhere beyond the pool. And so working with a coach, you know, that's when you really kind of get up out of the pool and you move on with the rest of your day, you move on with the rest of your life, right? And you're learning different uh, tools and you're learning to feel more confident in yourself, to listen to your inner voice <laughs> and inner wisdom and um, start to take more actions. And the same thing is, is true in grief coaching. So 
the coaching that I do is a very proactive method where every week somebody comes to me and there's reading involved, there's writing involved, there's things that they're doing so that they can help resolve their grief. And because they're reading, because they're learning new things, because they're writing and because they're speaking, there's three different modalities of healing right there. And so it helps the brain process grief differently and process what's happened differently. So by the time we're done, they feel lighter, right? They, they still miss their person. I, I never tell people that I'm going to cure them of their sadness, right? They always will miss their person and feel sad. And, and, um, and the goal, though, is that they um, don't feel that weight and that pain every time they think of their person, right? So that they can actually celebrate their loved one. They can actually remember the good times, not just the bad. Uh, one of my coaching friends recently said that our brain is Teflon for the good things and Velcro for the bad things that happen in life. And I find that to be so true. And particularly in grief, we beat ourselves up, we feel guilty, we regret so much, you know, we're, we're always thinking about the difficult things that happened in the relationship. And I want to give people an opportunity and I help people, you know, go through a system or go through a, a structure that helps them see the good and helps them remember the good. So again, they feel lighter and they feel like they've been able to process their grief a bit differently than they would with a therapist. Oh my God, like definitely. I think there is a huge difference when it comes to things like that like I think like a life coach can help you for the longer term because it's telling you techniques of how to overcome something like grief or even like health problems as well like even like support like I am a cancer survivor myself and like for me when I was going through a tough time I wanted so I wanted someone who could understand the pain and understand like the journey I was going through and I took a therapist but with that therapist it was a very short-term thing if I'm looking at it looking back at it it was very short-term we only spoke for the duration of my cancer journey and then once I became cancer free that's when they kind of started slipping away and I've always had trust issues and things like that for example and then you're saying with a life coach it's more of a long-term thing So I think that's the difference what I'm seeing from what you just said. And yeah, so like you said, you approached a grief coach and you like took the experience out of it and wanted to become one, which is amazing because I don't think there's enough grief life coaches out there. I don't think, do you want to expand on that a lot more? First, let me say um, congratulations, and I'm so glad to hear that you're cancer-free, and I, I can't imagine what that kind of an ordeal must be like. I have, I have actually worked with people after illness, mostly, um, mostly after cancer, um, and it's, I'm sure you can relate to this, but it's usually about, you know, am I on the right path? Am I living the life that I want to live? Am I, am I doing the things that are going to help make me most fulfilled by the time, you know, my life comes to an end? And so. Um, uh, I just really want to congratulate you and and applaud you for your recovery and for um, and for getting support. Right, you know, most people go to therapy because that's the only thing they know about. Right, they don't they don't necessarily think about coaching when it comes to that kind of a healing or that kind of a situation. So, 
kudos to you. And um, yeah, so I mean, there there are uh, a lot of life coaches in the world, but there are not very many people that focus on grief. And that was um, certainly one thing that I I um, wanted to focus on again because of my own loss, but also like just I have a, a deep desire, I think like we all do, to really help people to make a difference in someone's life. And I knew how much this made a difference in my life. And so it was really a passion of mine to um, to be able to support as many people as possible. And, um, I'm actually teamed up with somebody, another, another, uh, colleague of mine, another coach. Um, and we're, we're actually starting healing circles, um, today, um, weekly virtual healing circles for people who've gone through loss because we know how isolating it is. We know how difficult it is, especially during COVID. And we wanted to really find a way to help more people at once. And so I'm really excited about that, but certainly I think, um, there needs to be more education about what coaching is and what coaching isn't, you know, um, it's really meant as a partnership and for, um, the coach to help the client feel like they can, um, they can listen to their own inner voice more and they feel more confident. They feel more capable. Um, they start to question, um, how do I put this? They start to question the box that they put themselves in, right? We all kind of live within this world of, well, I'm good at this, or I, I, I can only do that. I could never do that, right? And with a coach, especially with a life coach, um, you start to question if that's really true. You start to um, push beyond those boundaries and try those things that you never thought you could do, right? And see, you know, the first time, the second time may not work so well, but do you like it? You know, is it something you could, you know, benefit from? Is this really something that you can't do? Or is this something that you just allowed yourself to say, I can't do and believe I can't do? And so I think there's a lot of opportunities for, um, for coaches to really educate people what they do, what they don't do, right? Like there's a lot of um, issues that I don't deal with, including depression and anxiety, like severe anxiety. Um, I don't deal with addiction. You know, there's so many things that fall outside of my expertise that when I meet people, they always have um, a free session with me so that we can really understand what they're going through. We can really understand, am I the right person to support them? Because very often I find that, no, they actually do need a therapist because they have these underlying conditions that are going to make our work that much more difficult, right? So it, it really depends on the person. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity to just let people know what coaching is, what it isn't, how it can help them when they're ready for it, and um, and who they need if they if they don't need a coach. You know, who would be a better support system for them? Yeah, definitely. Like what you just said about like people always thinking, oh, I don't know how I will be able to live with that. Like they try to to, to try to synthesize with you, but they don't really know how it actually feels until you put them put yourself them themselves in your shoes for example like I know some friends that were with me doing my cancer journey and they always said to me oh I can't imagine how you must be going going through the journey like I can't imagine to do that and then they don't put themselves in my shoes and that's really it was really hard for me to open up about my cancer story but however I did recently opened up all about my cancer story um yeah I have a YouTube video on it if you want to check it out it's just my name Project Gill and yeah so for two and a half years I started to like not trust people based on 
like th- say, saying things like that and yeah thank you so much for the support by the way um I really appreciate it um sorry for forgetting to say that but yeah so I um um the next question that I wanted to ask you was um how did COVID-19 affect the way that people think about grief and loss because I know that many people are now losing their loved ones maybe due to COVID or something like that absolutely um first I want to respond to what you said before I answer your question I promise I will answer your question but I um think there that is such a common thing when you're going through a loss whether um whether it's your loss of health whether it's your it's a loss of a person uh, a divorce you know you get so many comments from people that um don't help (laughs) and they don't know what to say I think that's a big problem is that we have these cliches that we say you know my condolences um you know I'm so sorry for your loss you know she's better she's in a better place you know like just be strong for your family you know you have to be strong to to survive the cancer right they say these things I can't imagine like you were saying and it's just not helpful right it actually it does take away from the relationship and the trust in the relationship it takes away from that connection and that feeling that we can go to those people and and be heard right um so often we we in society try to we hear we hear a problem from somebody and we want to fix it, right? We want to offer a solution, um, and I think it's really hard for people to understand, especially in grief. There is nothing to fix, right? We cannot fix anything. There there is literally nothing um, that we can say or do that's going to make the person in front of us suddenly feel better and be cured of their sadness or be cured of their grief, right? It's a um, it's a very different kind of conversation, and. One of the things I love to talk about is um, what you should say, you know, what you can say and just being honest. Like, I don't know what to say. You know, sometimes you're, you're just in front of that person and you're not sure what to do and you don't know if you should bring it up and you're afraid you're going to hurt their feelings if you don't, but you're scared you're going to make them sad if they do. You know, it's like, so you really just, you know, have to be honest and open and vulnerable and say, you know, my, my heart is with you and I've been thinking about you so much. I don't know what to say in this moment. I'm so scared to upset you or I'm so scared to offend you, you know, um, I don't want to step over what you've been through, you know, and I, I just want to support you, you know, and, and I think most people want to say that, or most people want to, like, they feel that, but they don't know how to say it, right? It's not um, normal to say it, but I think you'll find um, for all your listeners, you know, as you're trying to support people through grief, I think the best thing you can say is just, you know, I don't know what to say right now, or I don't know what to do right now. Uh, but I love you and I'm here for you. And I want, you know, I want you to know that I, I want to be a safe person for you. And I think um, that alone is going to have you stand out from other people and have you uh, learn to stop saying some of these, these really unhelpful comments and, and hurtful comments. You know, I've worked with so many people who want to cut off a relationship because of one comment. And it's so it's so common, but it's also just heartbreaking because, you know, these are, these are, are long-term relationships. These are people that uh, my clients have known for years, um, but they just suddenly feel like they, they can't be around them. So um, just something to, to think about and um, hopefully do some research on, learn about, you know, educate yourselves because there are things you can say and do that are so much more helpful than I'm so sorry for your loss or I can't imagine going through that. Um, so your question in terms of COVID-19, I think, um, I think a couple things have happened. So one, 
people are learning that that loss and grief is not just about the loss of a loved one. It's not just about death, right? There are so many different things that cause grief. Um, actually, if you check out my Instagram page, you'll see a post that we that we created about over fifty different things that can cause grief. Right? It's divorce. It's uh, financial stress. It's losing a job. It's um, empty nest. You know, I mean, there's so many different things that we go through where there's grief and we don't always recognize it as grief. And that is part of the problem because then we're not approaching it in a way that's healthy and that we know how to deal with it, right? Uh, so many people, when they go through a transition like that or they go through a change like that, um, they turn to, let's say, less healthy alternatives. And um, it really has an impact on their ability to heal and their ability to deal with the situation and can have some long-term you know, effects on their health as well. So um, even just recognizing, oh, this is a grieving situation. I'm in grief right now is, a, is an important step. And I do think that COVID is helping people say or realize, oh no, I'm in the middle of a grieving situation, even if I haven't lost my loved ones. Um, so that's one thing. And I think the, the other thing that's happening is that it's becoming a little less taboo to talk about grief, right? It's becoming a little less uncomfortable or it's more common that we can actually say, no, I'm not okay. Right. I'm, I'm actually really struggling right now. And more often than not, especially when we're grieving, because we don't trust people, because we, we don't feel safe with them, because it's more taboo, we have to say, oh, I'm, I'm getting by. I'm doing OK. Step by step, one day at a time. Right. These are all things that people say to try to change the subject, to try to deflect and, and to not be honest, to not be vulnerable, to not be real about what they're going through. And I think it's more common now than ever to be able to say, I'm really struggling right? This is hard um, because it is, right? It's, it's an incredibly challenging situation for the entire world, right? And, and not everybody is going through the same thing, but we're all, you know, dealing in some way with COVID and the fear of COVID and the way life has changed because of COVID. And I think it's, um, it's a huge opportunity for us to come together and to, again, be more honest, be more connected, try to support each other more, try to understand where the other person is coming from. Like you said, not everybody has gone through the things that we've gone through, but how can we still relate to each other? How can we still help each other? How can we still try to give, you know, give to another person? And then, you know, learning to give to ourselves. I think that that sometimes is the hardest part is learning how to be good to ourselves, be empathetic to ourselves, and to really take care of ourselves, put ourselves first. As a, as a new mom, I can say that it's really hard uh, sometimes to feel like it's okay to put myself first, not my baby, right? Um, but I have to remember that that's actually the, the way that I'm going to, you know, run this marathon because parenthood is definitely not a sprint um but it's also going to set up a really good example for my child right she's going to learn that she should put herself first um and she should you know take take really good care of herself and i think those things are really important while we're going through loss it's like how can i do one thing every day that's going to help me right that's going to benefit me and sometimes it is just cutting off the world for the day or turning off social media for the day sometimes it is taking a hike when i should be doing something else right sometimes it is just um, calling up a friend and saying i just want you to listen today i just want you to listen and not say anything about what i'm about to share you know um so yeah so i think there's a lot of 
different ways that we've all been affected, even if we haven't lost a loved one. Um, but what COVID is really doing is, is starting to normalize grief and starting to bring it out in the open much more than ever before. Oh, definitely. Like, I can see that myself. Like, um, COVID, the COVID situation has really affected me quite a lot because I went through three different losses, which never thought would happen. Like, um, before before 2020, actually, I never faced with a family death. But this last year, I faced with three, and that was really hard to deal with. But over time, as you said, it's becoming more normalised now. Someone is affected by grief, no matter if it's your lo- you lost a person or a loved one or you lost your freedom, for example, because of lockdown and everything, people are losing their freedom slowly by slowly. And also, like like you can't spend time with the people you love in person like physically I know there are some people out there who cannot like spend time with someone in a virtual basis because of certain situations but I at the moment I'm living alone and I don't have like pretty much anyone to speak to physically but the world of technology has definitely helped a little bit but not too much but yeah it's just something that as time goes on it's you have to get used to it and but people are speaking about it a lot more I think mental health has really became normalized especially in the last year and I'm seeing that change coming through and people speaking more about mental health a lot and yeah that's just how like life goes I guess but yeah thank you Nisreen for coming on um it's a pleasure to have you and yeah so I have one last question to ask you. Um, what advice would you go- give to anyone who's going through grief right now or who may have may have lost hope, basically? First of all, please let me say I my heart is with you. Um, I had no idea that you've gone through losses and three different losses within your family over the last year. Is is uh, I can only imagine it's heartbreaking and, and incredibly difficult. And so, um, just allow me to offer my condolences and say my heart is is here Thank for you. Thank you so much. And- of course, of course. And this is not at all a pitch or anything like that, but if you ever want to chat, if I can ever be of service in any way, please do let me know. Um, I'm so happy to help. It's been a pleasure to be here and to connect with you um, offline and, and on your podcast. And so please know that I'm, I'm available to you for, for whatever I can do. Um, and then in terms of in terms of um, you know finding hope or um, anybody who's gone through a loss, I... Again, you know, I'll repeat what I said to you is that, you know, I'm available. People are available. There are so many people that want to help right now. And I know it's so challenging when you're going through grief to reach out for help, let alone during COVID, let alone during quarantine, let alone, you know, when when the world is mourning. Um, But know that there are so many people out there that want to help. Right. And again, that could just be a friend who doesn't know how to express it. Or it could be a professional who has been trained to listen and trained to help you go through this kind of a loss. So I would really encourage people to reach out. You know, um, they can certainly contact me. I um, am very happy to, again, kind of go through what I do and explain it in more detail and then really listen to them to understand, do they need a therapist right now? Oh, no, that what they really need is a counselor right now because they're going to get different tools or different resources from a counselor than they would from me, right? So like I can help 
them understand which avenue they should take to get the best kind of help for them right now. Um, so reach out to somebody, you know, whether that's a friend or a family member, whether that's a professional, you know, just find the kind of support you need. I think, like you said, living alone, living in isolation, you know, not being able to connect and, and go out in the way that we're used to, um, that in itself is a huge grieving experience and definitely takes a lot of adjustment. But I think that there is um, ways that we can get supported, you know, uh, social media, or sorry, um, online and Zoom and these virtual meetings do not uh, replace what we uh, experience when we're in person with somebody, but they can be helpful right now. And especially when it's hard to gather, it's hard to connect, you know, there are alternatives. And so as much as we can reach out, get supported, get get um, curious about the kind of support that you need and um, talk to different people. You know, I know I have a lot of clients who um, they, they in some ways um, felt like they were working with the wrong therapist. And I always ask, you know, what had you work with that person for so long? Why not search for somebody else? And they were like, oh, it was just easier. I thought it was going to get better or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I always tell people, you know, talk to at least two or three different professionals, whether it's two or three, two or three different grief coaches, grief counselors, grief therapists, you know, find the person that's going to support you the best, that you feel heard by, that you feel seen by, that you feel safe with, and you feel like they get you, right? But there's just that connection. And don't stop until you find that person, because when you're in that kind of situation, and you don't have those needs met, you don't feel safe, you don't feel heard and seen, um, it's just not going to be as supportive. So definitely, you know, figure out your options, figure out what's available to you, and find the person that's going to support you the best. Thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for your condolences, honestly. It has been a tough year, but everyone's going through it, definitely. And yeah, that advice is really helpful to anyone out there. Please make sure there's people out there listening to you. There's people who actually are there to support you. And as Nisreen says, she's always available if you want to talk to her or even speak to like your family members who may go through something similar, like share each other's experiences because mental health is very normalized now and everyone is speaking up about it. So it's easier to open up now than before. So I would encourage everyone to talk to someone they trust or even a life coach and yeah so thank you Nasreen for coming on do you want to promote your coaching program maybe thank you um absolutely like I mentioned earlier we're doing healing circles they start tonight it's 5 30 to 6 30 eastern standard time um it's weekly people are are you know invited to come for the first their first two sessions for free so there's not a commitment there's not a pressure to sign up it really is just come check it out find out if my my colleague Alice and I would be the people to support you and um it's safe it's confidential you know we're going to set some some agreements and ground rules so people understand how the healing circles work and we're really excited to be able to support more people so certainly that's something that people if they're if they're interested in you know this is going to be an ongoing thing so no matter when you listen to this you know you can check out the healing circles and then also just check out um my my instagram page harbor light coaching um you know, I'm trying to put out lots of really helpful information for grievers right now. And so if somebody is curious, if they want to learn more, my contact information, all that is in the profile, but they can uh, hopefully get a lot of useful information right there in my, in my uh, posts.
perfect thank you so much and yeah so thank you everyone for listening to this episode hopefully you get something valuable out of this and yes so if you want to follow our social media it's at the aware panel in all social medias we'll be posting updates about new episodes that comes every when every thursdays at 3 p.m and also if you also want to become a guest on our show please check out our website www.theawarepanel.com Thank you so much for everyone for listening and take care and see you guys later. Bye. Thank you everyone for watching today's episode. I'm really glad that you loved the episode and I hope that the episode brought more awareness to you and you learned something new. So hope that's still in place. Thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, please put a review up on our Apple podcast and show some support as well by sharing it on your social media platforms. And we have next week episode to come through. So make sure you listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. on software such as apple podcasts and spotify and other things like that so we're gonna see you in another episode guys